Hello and welcome to episode number 78 of the Fellowcast and I am pretty excited for this one, especially because it is one of our first episodes back in our new lockdown. Man, it is a <laughs> situation. real joy to get back together, yeah. Yeah, and I must say, just for the record, we are we are at a distance of each other and we did enter the room with our masks on at least. But today, Pastor Garth will continue with our Bring Your Own Bible series on um, Genesis chapter 35 onwards, I believe. Yes. And I'm really excited to see where this is going to go. So if you've been listening, if you've been following along, I'm sure you know where we're heading. If you haven't, you can find all the previous episodes recorded on the Fellow Ghost channel and listen to them. But Pastor Garth, you can kick us off and take us into this chapter in the book of Genesis. Thank you, Valdo. Thank you. It's going to be wonderful actually have a con- having a conversation again, isn't yeah. it? Hey? Not yes. feeling like I'm speaking to myself. <laughs> All right. So in chapter 35, um, we sort of get to the end of Jacob's story. Because from here on, as we said, we're going into the next generation. Um, and the chapter finishes off with uh, his beloved wife, Rachel, dying just after Benjamin is born. So those two sons will feature in the story with Joseph going forward. And we also saw that his dad passed away Mm. and he and his brother Esau went to the graveside together. Um, Chapter 36 is a list of names and it would seem sort of out of place for us. Yeah. If, but keep in mind that the story is being told by Moses. He's telling the people on their way to the promised land where they are going and how this whole nation came to be. So it's quite appropriate for them at this stage then to say, all right, we're sort of coming to the end of the Jacob Esau story, going now to the younger brothers, the 12 sons story. Mm. So let's just say these are the people in Esau's line and these are the rulers. He actually lists the rulers saying in verse 31, these were the kings who reigned in Edom before any Israelite king reigned. So these Israelites would know all right, we're going to take possessions of our lands, but these Edomites, our brothers, Esau's descendants, they've been here for a couple of generations already, and God makes it clear then into the book of Numbers, you will not take any of their land. Mm, This is actually their allotment. And then we come to one of the best-known stories in the Bible, the story of Joseph's dreams. Yeah. So um, Jacob lived in this land then, in the Canaanite land, uh, where his dad's been. So coming back from the family up there with all his wives and all his things, he's now settled down into the promised land, not having taken possession of any of it yet. Mm. And then it says his youngest son was his favorite because it was one of those who were born in his old age. I think Moses is gracious to him. (laughs) We also know it's born to his favorite wife. Yeah. So... um, He uh, treats him different than the other sons. And uh, then Joseph started having dreams. Mm. Now, it's one of those things that we have to ask us, listen, how did Joseph know these dreams are significant? It's from God. Mm. I think we're sort of sitting on the back foot assuming dreams are not from God. Yeah, I think he grew up among a people that would say, God, speak to us in dreams. Sure. All right. Or otherwise, he just woke up in the morning and realized this one was different. Mm. This one was not a pizza dream or a whatever, <laughs> as Rob would say. What if they had pizza in those days? <laughs> <laughs> Anything on flatbread turns out to be a pizza. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So um, the first of the dreams are then about the sheaves in the field, uh, the grain sheaves, and or the wheat sheaves, and. Uh, 
it's uh, 11 sheaves coming to bow down before his sheave. Mm. And then he's unwise as a young boy and he tells his brothers his dream. Already they uh, don't like him much. They're yeah. jealous of the favor that he's got and the, the ornamented robe that his dad gave to him. It's clear that he's the favorite. And this just fuels that jealousy. Keep in mind, volume, volume, we meant the, oh, falling over my word. <laughs> volume one. <laughs> Keep in mind, Valdi, that we've been seeing uh, this jealousy grow generation yeah. after generation, and it's about to come to its climax over here. Um, but Joseph doesn't help it mm. by sharing this dream. And the brother says, what? Are you going to be king over us? Who do you think you are that we should come and bow down before you? Mm. Then he's got another dream again. Uh, he goes to his brothers and he shares it. He really does seem like a spoiled brat at this stage um, or just very insensitive to his brother's behavior. And this one is a step up from the previous one because the 11 stars and the sun and the moon comes to bow in front of him. And mm. when he tells it to his brothers, even his dad is upset and says, boy, do you really think me and mom must bow down before you as well? Alright, so they immediately have an interpretation for this dream. Looking forward into the story, we know this is going to be fulfilled. Mm. But at this stage, um, I don't know if it, why, it was wise for Joseph yeah. to share it. Well, then the brothers are out in the field. They're looking after the sheep. And Joseph is sent with some food and also with a message, just go and check on your brothers. Uh, they're not at the place where he goes to look for them. They've moved on from there, and a guy along the road says to him, no, I've seen them go over there, and boom, off he goes. So he's far away from home. They really have gone a long way to go and look for good pasture for the, for the animals. They see him coming along the way, and uh, the brothers start chatting to one another and say, here comes that dreamer. Uh, what do you say? We take him and we kill him. Eh? <laughs> sure. That's, right. That's a bit harsh. That's a heck of a lot of jealousy mm. already. At this state, it's murderous hearts. Yeah. The enemy have come in and just dirtied up their hearts to the point where they're willing to kill. Mm. They really cannot stand this guy anymore. So sure. this is a, a evil growing in their hearts. Mm. It's and that sin festering. Yes, yes. And... Again, if we can just say this has been coming for a couple of generations, the enemy has got a foothold here, mm. uh, a beachhead, and it's been going and going, and now he's at the point where he's controlling these brothers. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is something that's been growing over time. So uh, immediately they've got this plan and say, well, we kill him, chuck him into a cistern, and we just say that he's been killed by a ferocious animal. Mm. We found his body or his clothes or whatever. But Reuben, the eldest of the brothers, um, he actually says to the man, let's not kill him, all right? Let's not have innocent blood on our hands. Let's chuck him into the pit, all right? Let's just teach him a lesson. Mm. And he says that to them with the idea that he wants to come and save him later. So he's got this in his heart. And then um, once they've done that, strange enough, the Bible says, when they said, sat down to have their meal they saw oh here comes a a Midianite party a caravan with merchants coming around and they Judah is the one that says hey let's sell him mm. let's make a buck out of the brother 
with the line at the end, um, he is our flesh and blood after all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to justify the sin. Yeah, but how bad is that? Yeah. You would say you recognize he's your flesh and blood, but I'm willing to sell him as a slave. Yeah, instead uh, of killing him, let's just sell him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, it's really vus. These mm. guys' hearts are really evil at this moment. Um, and I just got this picture, the brother sitting down to a meal, the other one sweating blood there in the yeah. pit. So, so scared. What's going to happen over here? A young boy compared to men by this age. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, they take him out. And we'll see just now that Reuben wasn't with them. They took him out. They sold him for ten, 20 shekels of silver. And it's always this picture pointing forward to Jesus, isn't it? Mm. Um, being sold by his yeah. own countrymen, by his brothers. Um, and off he goes. They take him off to Egypt. But these brothers have no idea where they're going. They might know it's the merchant route, but where he's going to be sold, they've got no, no idea what's going to happen to him from here on mm. out. And then Reuben comes to the cistern and finds it empty and then comes and calls out to the brothers, what am I to do now? How am I to answer to dad for this boy that's gone? And um, they've got his cloak. They tear it uh, a bit and throw some goat's blood on it, send it off to dad with a slave. And with a message, see this, see if you recognize it. And um, at seeing it, it says the dad just broke down. Tore his clothes, sat in sackcloth and ashes for many days. And all his sons came to comfort him, but to no avail. Hmm. It didn't work. His favorite son was gone. And um, I want to draw a line for us quickly, because now we're going to go into a new chapter. Uh, it just ends off saying, Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in, e uh, in Egypt to Potiphar one of the um, attendants of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he was the captain of the guard. So he's a really important man. And then it drops into this random passage, this chapter just speaking about Judah and Tamar. It seems to um, break the story. But if we keep in mind where it's coming from and where it's going, the next chapter is going to be Joseph standing up to temptation, even if it means being chucked into jail. Mm for something that he didn't do. See the story of Joseph, uh, of Judah and Tamar um, in contrast to Joseph. This mm. guy in a foreign country, dad doesn't see him, nobody knows him, and yet he's willing to walk the line. Mm. And Judah back at home, messing up completely. Yeah, sure. So just listen to it in that. The, the Bible really, let's just remind ourselves, it's not random. The order of it, nothing of it is random. Yeah. It really speaks to one another. So let's just jump a little bit back because um, in our previous lesson, we just quickly saw this quick verse that says, And Reuben, mm. the eldest of Jacob's sons, went to go and sleep with one of his dad's wives, and his dad found out about it. So if you sort of want to see a list of the brothers yourself the eldest one is reuben all right he's got a black dot next to yeah. his name the next one is simeon and then levi both of them have massive black dots against their name they've just killed a city of innocent people mm. um, and nearly cost their dad's life sure. in the process the next one now is judah he's number four of the brothers and he's the one that's willing to sell his brother as a slave sure. 
because you know he is he's flesh and blood <laughs> but now we're going to see he's got a serious moral failure as well yeah um so here's the story of judah and tama judah at one stage then decides he's going to move away a bit from the family and he goes to stay in a place called adulam uh, we later with the story of david we're going to hear about this um, he's going to hide in the cave of adulam from mm. saul so that's the territory so in the jerusalem mountain range okay and he makes friend with a guy called hira and this hira seems to be a bit of a partner in crime because all throughout the story he pipes up um and judah decides to marry a canaanite woman and from this marriage then he has a son the first one the eldest is um er er mm. uh, the second one is onan and then later a bit later uh, last son sheila um for the first one he finds a wife and she marries a woman called tamar and then the Bible, with no details, just says, but Er was evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord let him die. And according to the tradition of their people, uh, you want to keep the name of your sons alive. And so he says to Onan, the second son, says, take your brother's wife, uh, go and sleep with her so that you can have children with her so that his name can continue. Mm. And that was his brotherly responsibility. But every time that he went and slept with her, knowing that the son that will be born is not going to be counted as his, but his brother's, mm. he decides not to go through with the act. And so he sheds his semen on the ground yeah. every time that they would sleep together. And because of that evil, the Lord also caused him to die. Now, Judah stands back and says, wait, same woman, two sons, what's going on over here? So he says to Talmud, go and stay in your father's house as a widow until my last son, um, Sheila, will grow up and be old enough for you to marry. And sure enough, she goes home and she waits and she waits and she waits and she realizes, wait, he's not going to give me the son. I'm never going to be married. And um, and the story jumps, and it says one day Judah then went off um, to the place where he's uh, to Timnah, to the place where his um, sheep will be sheared. Mm. And she finds out about it, and then waits outside a little town on the way to Timnah, and she's dressed as a prostitute. Now Judah's wife passed away, his Canaanite wife, and maybe she knew. Listen, she's he's going to be easily tempted. Mm. So she's dressed as a prostitute with a veil across her face so that she would not be recognized by her father-in-law. And Hira is along with him on the road. And as he comes there, um, he says, come, let me sleep with you. And she says, all right, what's going to be my payment? And um, she says, give me a goat, a young goat as payment. To which he says, all right, uh, but you don't have the goat with you now, so I need some security. Uh, to know that you will pay me. And um, Judah says, all right, here is my uh, signet ring with its cord and also the staff in my hand. So it's all stuff like my wallet and my phone, yeah. basically. <laughs> all right. Uh, or so, in fact, the signet ring would be something like a credit card. Yeah. You know? um, so here it is. Um, I will send you the goat and then you can send this back to me. So he sleeps with her. 
And uh, as soon as he got back home, he sends Hira off uh, with the young goat to the town where this girl was. But they say, no, there's no shrine prostitute here. There's never been one. Now, we don't know who you're talking about. And Hira comes back and says to Judah, I couldn't find her. To which Judah says, all right, let's just let it go. Mm. Let her keep the stuff because we've done our part just now we're going to look like fools looking around the town or all over for this prostitute. So he wants to keep it quiet. Three months later, word comes out, Tamar is pregnant. Word comes to Judah, your daughter-in-law is pregnant. And his reply is, wait for it, (laughs) bring her out and let her be burned to death. Yeah. Yeah. What a hypocrite. Yeah. Sure. And as they're dragging her out of the town where she lives to be burned to death, she says, wait, here's a signet ring, a cord, and a staff. She sends it back to her father-in-law and says, look at this. Do you recognize it? Whose is this? I'm pregnant with this man. And when he sees it, he says, she's more righteous than I am. And she stayed for the rest of her life in her father's house. And finally, two sons were born to her. Um, out of that moment and uh, it's a funny funny moment <laughs> when the kids are born it's just a sideline story um, the one's hand came out and they tied a little scarlet thread around it and then the hand got pulled back and the other baby came out first yeah. and that's why she called that baby Pires which means um, how you have broken through you've yeah. broken through um, and that boy Pires is then together with the name Tamar in Jesus' lineage in Matthew chapter 1. So this entire story being fallen, sinful, um, gets redeemed by Jesus, Mm. who says, I am born to a sinful people. I'm the perfect man born for this line and every other line that looks like it. But in contrast then, going forward to the next chapter, the story of Joseph, who gets to Egypt, away from family and everybody, he's a slave, He honors God. God blesses him. And Potiphar says, wow, whatever this man touches is blessed. And quickly he raises him up as the head over all of his servants. And everything Potiphar had was entrusted to Joseph except his wife. Hmm. And that wife kept calling him one side and said, come sleep with me. Come. My husband is away. Come. Hmm. And finally when she tries to force him, Still, he wouldn't give in, and he ran out the house, she grabbing his garment. And um, then she makes an alarm and says, Look, this Hebrew that you brought here, he tried to fool with me, and he got chucked into jail for that. And still, he would remain righteous. Mm. Still, he would walk um, godly. Yeah. Incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to leave the story for now. Um, Just have this picture in your mind that it really is um, all throughout. Joseph is like an image of Jesus Christ. Mm. And just again, he's not perfect. We see (laughs) he really wasn't smart at the beginning. It doesn't seem like God's wisdom to share all these dreams or whatever else. It's not that we have to go and look for a sin for him because Romans tell us all have sinned and fall short of the glory. So yes, Joseph has sinned. But in a great way, he really is a picture for us of Jesus Christ. Mm. This, this one that is other than the brothers. 
and who's mistreated by all the brothers. And at the end of the day, he forgives them completely and saves their lives mm. from death and yeah. destruction um, by welcoming them into this land where he has all this power. Mm. It, it really is an incredible the Jesus kingdom. image for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let Egypt not be the kingdom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in any way. <laughs> but as a metaphor. Yeah, as a absolutely. Parallel. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Really good. Thank you, Pastor Garth. So what are we looking for next week? Where are we starting off again? Chapter 40 then, I think. Yeah, we're going to quickly touch on chapter 39 because that sees him then in jail. And then comes chapter 40, those dreams of the cupbearer and the um, baker. Okay. So we'll probably go all the way through into chapter 41 with Pharaoh's dream. Okay, well, thank you very much and thank you for, for your time. And we look forward to continuing down with this story and with this uh, in the book of Genesis. Thank, thank you, Valdi. All right. Mm-hmm.